Peace be with you. Brothers and sisters, it's great to see a nice congregation here today. But in a few minutes, there's going to be a crowd start to gather around this altar. In fact, many will come. And, and soon, it will fill this entire sanctuary. And then, many more will come. And it will fill this entire worship space. And then many more will come. And the, the multitude will spill out onto the sidewalks and out onto the street. And it will be this crowd greater than any Breckenridge ski weekend. No. I'm not lost my mind. <laughs> I know we still have restrictions on the number of us mere mortals that are allowed to attend Mass. And, but as you may suspect by now, I'm describing the great multitude of angels and saints that will join us at the Mass we are about to celebrate. We have the saints that write about their experience of this. St. Gregory writes... The heavens open and the multitudes of angels come to assist at the holy sacrifice. And we read in the revelations of St. Bridget. One day, when I was assisting at the holy sacrifice, I saw an immense number of holy angels descend and gather around the altar, contemplating the priest. They sang heavenly canticles that ravished my heart. Heaven itself seemed to be contemplating the great sacrifice. And yet we poor, blind, and miserable creatures assist at the Mass with so little love, so little relish, and so little respect. The angels surround the priest, writes St. John Chrysostom. The whole sanctuary and the space before the altar is filled with the heavenly powers come to honor him who is present upon the altar. And I find this particularly sobering. St. Chrysostom writes, Think now of what kind of choir you are going to enter. My friends, when we join in saying the parts of the Mass, we are joining in this choir of angels praising the Lord. We hear these words at every Mass, and so, with the angels and archangels, with thrones and dominions, and with the hosts and powers of heaven, we sing the hymn of your glory, as without end we acclaim. And then you know what comes next. We, we have the holy, holy. St. Chrysostom goes on to say, Although we are vested with a body, you have been judged worthy to join the powers of heaven in singing the praises of him who is Lord of all. Behold the royal table. The angels of the Lord serve at it. The Lord himself is present. The Lord himself is present. Do we truly believe this? Unfortunately, the evidence shows the answer is no. A French atheist is quoted as saying, if you Catholics really believed what you say you believe, 
you would crawl on your hands and knees to get to him. Which brings us to why all the angels and saints will be coming to this altar and why we should come to Mass. Something truly shocking is about to happen here. At some level, if we took our faith seriously, we would be shocked at the truth of what is happening. Jesus, the Son of God, the Lord of the universe, through whom all things were created, comes to us under the form of bread. Jesus, our Lord and Savior, is so astonishingly humble that he gives us his own flesh and blood to eat, that he comes to us in the appearance of what looks like food and drink. In the sixth chapter, the Gospel of John, Jesus tells the people that they must eat his body and drink his blood to have eternal life. They complain loudly that this teaching is just too hard to accept. And what is Jesus' response? He does not say, oh, don't worry about it. It's no big deal. Don't worry about coming to Mass. No. He says quite the opposite. Jesus doubles down, and he asks the people outright, does that shock you? In other words, Jesus recognizes that this is hard to believe. But it's true. This past week, we had training for the youth in our parish that are being confirmed this weekend. And one of the hopes of a confirmation instructor is to instill in the children the belief in the true presence of Christ in the Eucharist. Now, I had the great privilege of listening to our pastor, Father Stephen, give a lesson to our youth. Father Stephen did this wonderful job of telling a story that led the youth to understand that when they say amen to their confirmation, they were opening the door of their lives and letting Jesus in. The way to have fullness of life, true life within you, is through receiving the body and blood of Jesus, by being united to Jesus in the Eucharist. But we must open that door. We must invite him in. Our faith is weak. We want to meet Jesus on our own terms and when we're ready and not his. In John's gospel story, he tells us that many can't accept this teaching, that the bread and wine in the Eucharist we are about to celebrate is truly the body and blood, the soul and divinity of Jesus Christ. John tells us that upon hearing this, many of the disciples turned back and no longer followed Jesus. The great author Flannery O'Connor tells a story of when she was an aspiring young author, and at a New York dinner party, she was introduced to the already successful author, Mary McCarthy. Mary McCarthy was raised Catholic, but she would later leave the church, and in her writing, she was very critical of the church. Flannery O'Connor writes, and I'm going to paraphrase the quote a little bit, but I haven't changed the meaning. The essence of her quote is, 
I was taken by some friends to have dinner with Mary McCarthy and her husband. The conversation turned to the Eucharist, which I, being the Catholic, was obviously supposed to defend. She said when she was a child and received the host, she thought of it as being the Holy Spirit. Now she thinks of it as a symbol, and she implied that it was a pretty good one. I then said in a very shaky voice, again quoting Flannery, well, if it's a symbol, to hell with it. She goes on to say, that was all the defense I was capable of, but now I realize it's all I will ever be able to say, except that it is the center of existence for me. All the rest of life is expendable. And we're worried about some virus. My friends, we must know that the Eucharist is more than just a symbol. We must think of Mass as more than just a gathering of friends in which we hear good music. Thank you. And hopefully we're inspired or at least maybe entertained by a homily. We must recognize and act as if we are in the presence of angels and saints and that we will participate in the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross and that we will be fed spiritually when we receive his body and blood in the Eucharist, if only we open the door and invite him in. Okay, now I'm gonna do something that you should never do in mass, but how many of you have your cell phones with you? Go ahead, admit to it, raise your hands. Okay, most of you do, great. So take them out. And when you take them out, open up a browser and then go to Google, okay? So if you're with me, open, open your browser, go to Google, and in the search bar, type this in. Type in the veil removed. And veil is spelled V-E-I-L. Now don't go any farther, because I don't want to start hearing music play, that kind of stuff. But just look at the, 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 what comes up on the search. And when I do it, my top hit, now yours may not be the top one, maybe one or two down, but look for, there's a YouTube video out there called The Veil Removed. And you'll know you have the right one because it's seven minutes and 16 seconds long. How many found that? Most of you did. Okay, now don't play it right now, <laughs> but leave that page open and go ahead and put your cell phones away but when you get home, please do me a favor, watch that movie. Now, our youth going through confirmation training this past week, they watched it. So you'll be, you'll be in communion with them. You'll be playing along with them. And so don't forget, or it may remind you next time you pull your phone up and that pops up, but watch that movie. Now let us all prepare to participate in the Mass along with all the angels and saints.